Give us one hour and we'll help you change the way you think about happiness. Harvesting happiness with Lisa Cypress Kamen is fresh, optimistic, and purpose-driven talk radio that promotes happiness from the inside out. Each week, Lisa spotlights trendsetters and change agents who offer sound emotional fitness tips for improving mental muscle tone and greater well-being. Guest experts include a diverse and proactive collection of the greatest thinkers and doers who are devoting their lives to creating a better world in which to live. Your host, Lisa Cypress-Kamen, is a widely recognized applied positive psychology coach, author, documentary filmmaker, and lecturer specializing in the fields of sustainable happiness, mindfulness, and positive lifestyle management. Let's get to it. Here's Lisa. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, wherever you are. Welcome to Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio, broadcasting consciously prepared brain food from the beaches of Malibu, California. Each week, we explore the very serious business of happiness, sustainable well-being, and human flourishing. We are not talking about that annoying yellow smiley face. Mm -mm -mm. We are talking about something much deeper and critical to the success of humanity. Authentic happiness is not selfish, egotistical, or narcissistic. In fact, it is essential in order for humankind to thrive. Sustainable happiness is important because it not only elevates our own well-being locally, but also contributes to collective global flourishing. The achievement of a happy life is not only positively good for us, it is constructively good for those around us. In short, happiness matters. Happiness comes from the heart. And this show is most definitely all about the heart. Today, we are talking about relationships. We're talking about something that all of us will experience at one time or another, and that is the end of a relationship. And those of us who marry, 50% of us will divorce. And my next guest, who's been on the show before, and he's such a love, um, he is a former divorce attorney turned podcaster, turned author, all-around cool guy, and he is going to weigh in as an expert on the subject. The theme today is Raising the Bar on Divorce, Conscious Uncoupling. And my first guest is Eric Newton, a former family law attorney who describes himself as someone who's been through a thousand divorces and still believes in love. Ushering couples through divorce wasn't easy for Eric, a romantic from birth, but it turned out to be the ideal medium through which to understand the entire life cycle of a relationship. As a result, Eric has a unique real-world real comprehension of what makes one marriage thrive and another fall apart. Eric, so happy to have you back to share this half of the show, talking about something that is near and dear to all of our hearts. In, it totally inescapable to all of our hearts, isn't it? Thanks yes. for having me, Lisa. It's really, it's great to be back. Oh, it's, well, it's great to have you back. You were like the go-to guy when we were putting together this show. We were like, who can we call that can talk <laughs> about like how the good divorce, right? Like it is possible to consciously uncouple in a more responsible way. Yeah, absolutely. In the branded sense and in the just general sense. I, I, I got to say, I've seen uh, the good and the bad in the divorce side, and the good is definitely without question possible. Well, I, I was thinking about this because I recently spent some time with my brother and his wife in Denver doing a book signing, and she is an attorney, and she is going through the disillusion of her partnership and her law practice. And she was talking about how difficult this is, and I was thinking about how every relationship, not just those that we marry, is like a marriage. Oh, so true. Yeah. What, my law partner, uh, my law partnership broke up and, uh, and, you know, we were divorce lawyers and our partnership broke up <laughs> and we had all of the skills and we had seen all of the worst case scenarios manifest and we still made all the mistakes. It was exceptionally yeah. painful. Yeah. Every relationship that we enter uh, implicates our survival ultimately. And, uh, and so it has the potential to terrify us and to bring out our worst. And it also has the potential to bring out our best and to teach us something about who we are. And I love that. I love the transformative possibility of 
when relationships end, when you know they're they're sad and it's 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 difficult for everybody involved. But yet, the silver lining is that we grow stronger, hopefully, from the experience. We learn what not to do. Talk a little bit about the trend, and this is probably more particular to um, the Western world of this conscious uncoupling. And I know that it was in the media a couple of years ago with some celebrities that decided to part ways in a more enlightened. Uh, way. Right. Talk a little bit about it from, from your view. Well, you know, the great thing about conscious uncoupling is it's given a structure to a process that all of us knew was possible and available for so long, but really needed a branding. Uh, you, you know, that's the benefit of branding in this kind of a situation is now people, it's in the, it's in the collective consciousness. You know, people now know that it's possible to go through a prescribed process uh, that gets you to an ultimate realization that you're still okay and that you've gained something from this difficult scenario. And conscious uncoupling specifically is fantastic. It's, uh, I think, is it four or five steps? I lose track of, of how they've structured it. It's a four or five step process, um, each one of which is absolutely vital and necessary to you know, a personal development process after a trauma. And they're digestible and they're effective and they're useful. And now there's uh, coaches all over the world who've been trained in this process who help couples move through it. So Uh it's very effective. Yeah. So the idea of the conscious uncoupling is to have a coach who is neutral and there to support both parties in moving through the, the checklist of things that need to go on in a divorce, you know, the sort of the financial and logistical aspects, and then maintaining this set of rules of a fair play. Yeah, that's exactly right. Now, it's not so much the details of the divorce, right? That's the job of a lawyer, a mediator, something like that. It's the emotional process. You know, the conscious uncoupling steps are really about uh, self-inquiry, understanding uh, how we are each responsible for our own experience, how our past has given our current behavior and what we can learn and grow from in that process with the intention that you could you move through it in, a, in an emotionally healthy way. You move through the breakup in a healthy way and you end up on the other side with a workable relationship so that if you're co-parents, you can continue to be good parents to your children and not hate one another. So that if you own a business together, you can continue to run that business and not hate one another. Or so that you can just have a good friend. I mean, that's one of the things about a long-term marriage is you, you've, you've got so much history with this human being. There's a lot of value in that. Why give it up? Maybe you're not lovers anymore, but why give up the friendship? Well, I think this speaks to the emotional maturity of the two people involved in the relationship. And when we are in a um, heated or uh, contested situation, that emotional intelligence and certainly the social intelligence, the awareness of the other can tend to go out the window. Oh, for sure. Yeah. You know, like I said at the outset, when a breakup happens, our, our survival is implicated. You know, we really... My view is that human beings survive because of society. It's, you know, we we don't have teeth and claws. What we have is community and organization, and that's how we survive. And so when something implicates the, the social interactions or, or puts one of them at risk, fundamentally, you know, our deepest survival is triggered and, and, and we go into fight or flight and we don't behave our best. Um, that said, we are not our animal selves. You know, there there is something higher and um, and more aware that we have access to as human beings, and that's the beauty. That's one of the beautiful things about a relationship is you get to bump up against that, and you get to have those animal fears triggered, and then you get to observe them from this this higher human self, and uh, and and then choose your course of action. And I, that's a that's a beautiful opportunity and a lot of fun and terrifying all at once. I agree. I have been divorced from the father of my kids for many years, and it was um, contentious at points for a lot of reasons. But I've always done my best to maintain the higher road for the kids, A, and B, maintain the higher road because that's the way that I choose to be in the world. And I think that that is part of what we're 
sort of scratching at? How do you want to show up? Yeah, absolutely. You know, the research is clear. It's unequivocal. The success of children in a divorce is directly correlated with the degree to which the parents can get along. And so if you're fighting with your partner, your ex-partner, with a co-parent, you're going to have a negative impact on your kids. And maybe it feels good in the moment and maybe you're addicted to that fight and maybe you think it's really, really important to win that one battle, but it's not. You know, it's going to have a negative impact on the kids. And then second, you know, we don't forgive people for those people's sake. We forgive for ourselves because holding on to anger and hatred, you know, the only person that really harms is ourselves. The anger and hatred is a way of stabbing yourself, not stabbing the other person. There's no revenge. They don't care if you hate them. <laughs> they don't even notice. <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's true. I mean, we all just do what we do, actually. You know, like I don't think that any of us go, even our exes that we might not like, go go out into the world each day and say, what can I do to mess up the other person's life? Yes, there are some people who are vindictive, but more often than not, we're just like all trying to live life. Yeah, we're just trying to live. And, and everybody yeah. really wants the same thing. I mean, they fundamentally, people want to be happy. <laughs> right. And, and, and there's more sophisticated explanations for what brings happiness. But fundamentally, we want to be happy and we don't want to be threatened. And that's what your ex-partner is thinking, too. Now, maybe maybe your ex-partner has done something inappropriate and and they, they should suffer consequences for it, perhaps. And maybe your ex-partner is pointing the finger at you and it's making your life difficult, perhaps. But there's such a great opportunity. I mean, you can't affect what's happening inside your ex-partner's head. The only thing you can impact is what's happening inside your own head and in your own experience. And that's the beauty of the process of conscious uncoupling or any other therapeutic process. But conscious uncoupling happens to have a really nice structure. You know, I think you've got a book waiting to be born, something like the, you know, the Buddhist divorce or something, <laughs> <laughs> or something like that, or, you know. <laughs> you know it's, I've been working on a book. Uh, the The working title is The Divorce Lawyer's Guide to Marriage, but it just doesn't capture it. You know, the, you're right. The experience for me is all about uh, getting honest about with ourselves about how we're in control of our own experience and how fundamentally it just doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah. We're not as important as we think we are. And no. then from there, and then from there, how do you design a relationship? You know, it's, I, I do think though you, that there's something to this, you know, the d- divorce liars, a uh, guide to love and romance, you know, the, the, ah, yeah, well, I love that you said the divorce liars guide, because that's sort of what everybody thinks of with a lawyer for sure. <laughs> <laughs> We're getting paid liars. <laughs> no, you're paid spinners. I Those think that you're, you're 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 spinologists. We're gonna we're gonna need to take a break, and we'll talk more about the movie making of of law and other things. <laughs> so right, to learn more about Eric Newton, please visit his website www.togetherguide.com. On Twitter, you can find him at together underscore show and at newton law and on facebook together show and just eric give a quick shout out about your own podcast because it's wonderful oh thanks for saying so well so we have a podcast about relationships where i interview couples and i try to get below the fluff and the pr and all the things that people say to make the relationship look perfect and find out what's really going on for actual human beings in their real relationships and it's juicy and it's fun and I do one episode a week. Ah, all right. Here come those tunes. We'll be right back. Before we take the break, I want to mention how I keep my own brain happy. I try to learn something new every day. And that's why I'm a big fan of the Great Courses Plus Unlimited Video Learning Service. I get to exercise my curiosity and nurture my well-being with consciously crafted brain food. These are engaging video lectures presented by award-winning experts on tons of topics, psychology, mindfulness, history, even how to cook or take better photos. So whether you are a beginner or seasoned hobbyist, there are great courses waiting just for you on demand. Stream these courses from your smartphone, tablet, laptop, or TV, or even download the videos and watch them offline later. 
Right now, I'm enjoying Outsmart Yourself, Brain-Based Strategies to a Better You. I'm learning wonderful and sometimes surprising insights into how our brains work and simple tools that can help make impactful changes. For boosting creativity, go take a walk outside in nature. To achieve more happiness, place more value on your time, enhancing your relationships and your experiences rather than money. I've also learned three great tips to overcoming procrastination and how laughter can help improve our cognitive functioning. This course offers many simple life hacks to improve our performance and help us achieve anything we set our minds to. And here's a special offer for listeners of Harvesting Happiness. You can start watching this or any other course at The Great Courses Plus for free for one month. But you need to use my special URL, thegreatcoursesplus.com slash happiness. Start your free month today. You'll love it. And nothing gives happiness like a free gift. Unwrap yours at thegreatcoursesplus.com slash happiness. Once again, thegreatcoursesplus.com slash happiness. Here come those tunes. We'll be right back. We know that life can be tough and that happiness can and does live alongside adversity. Connect with us on Facebook at Harvesting Happiness and follow Lisa on Twitter at Lisa Kamen for a daily dose of inspiration. We'll be right back after this quick break. Do you find yourself saying things like, I'll be happy when, or I'll be happy if? Does the finish line for happiness keep moving? Does the bar keep getting higher? What's getting in the way of your happiness right now? Too much going on? Working too much? Not working enough? Having too many responsibilities? Not having enough money, enough time, enough space? The list goes on and on. It becomes difficult to see all that we have if we focus on scarcity. One thing I know for certain, happiness waits for no one. And sometimes we all need support. Are We Happy Yet? is not another self-help book. It's a guidebook for learning how to harvest happiness through self-mastery, which is the key ingredient into building resilience, hardiness, grit, and emotional stability. Are We Happy Yet? Eight Keys to Unlocking a Joyful Life is available at Barnes & Noble, Amazon, IndieBound, and HarvestingHappiness.com. Each day we get to choose how we are going to show up for life, and at times we need tips for strengthening our well-being. Learn training strategies for greater emotional fitness and improved mental muscle tone at HarvestingHappiness.com. Welcome back to Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio. If you're just joining us now, we're talking about raising the bar on divorce and const. Con- Let's start that over. One, two, three. Welcome back to Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio. If you're just joining us now, we are talking about raising the bar on divorce and conscious uncoupling with my guest today, Eric Newton, a former family law attorney and host of the very cool podcast. Together, the together show, I should say. And we're talking about ways that we can more effectively, consciously, and joyfully, if that's possible, when we end our relationships, um, do so with integrity, awareness, and the least collateral damage possible. And maybe that's a tall order, Eric. <laughs> well, the damage will happen. You know, circumstances are, that is for sure. Circumstances are inevitable and damage is a thing, but it's the interpretation of that that is what we refer to as suffering. And that's the bit that I think is, is totally avoidable. I, I, I like what you said about maybe we can find joy in our divorcing or our uncoupling. And I think that's absolutely right. You know, there, there is a kind of, there's a kind of joy in pain, and not not necessarily in the masochistic sense, just in the it's a pure, raw experience of being alive sense. You know, there there is something that we, we are coded to enjoy the process of being alive if we allow ourselves to. And it's bumping up the, against the edges in life where we know that we're alive and that, that we know that this is real. And, you know, it's a painful experience to go through a divorce or a breakup, but it is a deep, deep aliveness. You know, it's the essence of challenge. There's so much richness there if you allow it. 
I agree. And I'm thinking of a story, a little story that happened over the weekend. I have a, one of my kids, my son is a very good water polo player and he was in a water polo tournament and Mr. Kamen showed up at the water polo tournament, which is, is, is never a problem. I'm always happy to see him there to support our son. And I noticed that he was sitting on the other side of the pool and I knew he was going to be there. My son told me actually, so I brought two chairs and I had set up the chairs for both of us, but he was at the other side of the pool. And I walked over during the, uh, the, uh, what do you call it? I'm drawing a senior moment here. I I walked over between the segments of the water polo game and the name will come to me. And I said, hey, Mike, come on, come on over. I brought a chair for you. And as we're sitting there side by side, talking, yakking about whatever, I see my son look up and smile at the two of us because he could see we were in and and Ari's almost 18. This is not a baby, but I know that it mattered and that Uh, mattered to me. That is that's amazing. Wow, I just got I just got shivers thinking about that. You know, that that's one of those moments that's going to impact your son for the rest of his life. Yeah, it impacted that, me. God, she's good for you. What was that like sitting next to him? Well, I mean, you know, he was my ex-husband. We 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 made kids together. We had made a life together and we had unmade our lives together. <laughs> but he's still a human being that at the core I wish him peace. I wish him a good life. You know, I wish him the absence of suffering like I do for myself. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Good for you. What what a wonderful thing. And and your current husband, he I, I would imagine he's supportive of you having a healthy relationship with your ex, right? Oh yeah. So 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 the the new man is not my husband, but my life partner. You know, maybe someday he'll be my husband, maybe. I know the um, feeling, by the way. Yeah, yeah. No, but he's, you know, he's he's solid. Many, many years. Oh, he very much supports it because he sees the benefit for the kids. He see, he is a romantic like you and loves this idea of continuity and history and connection. And that's what makes him like such a a super guy. One of the many things. You know, and what what comes to mind when you're saying that is the this notion that I have that when when anger is bursting out, sometimes anger is appropriate. You know, we need it in order to cause action and, and it's a useful tool in the human experience. But a lot of times it gets pent up and it comes out in inappropriate ways. And if if your current partner were seeing, you know, inappropriate expressions of anger towards your ex, that would be a red flag for him <laughs> that you right? were incomplete in some very important way. Yeah. You know, and so th- for you to have a healthy relationship with your ex is signaling to your current partner that you're complete, that you learned yeah. what there was to learn and that you've moved on. And now you can fully invest yourself in this relationship for what it's worth. And uh, yeah, that's just so valuable. You make a really, really good point. When we can have that certain friendliness with the ex, it does show that we have grown up. And we all want a partner that is a grown-up whole human being. That's yeah. sexy. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah, it is sexy, right? Because uh, f- fundamentally, in order to have um, in order to have a thriving sex life, you have to feel safe. And uh, and you can't feel safe if you can't predict the emotional outcome of your relationship. But if your partner is emotionally mature enough to have handled the past relationship then you feel safe and then you can fully invest in it and then you can have sexuality, uh, uh, you know, a thriving sexual life. That's, oh. that's one of the things that I saw as a divorce lawyer over and over, by the way. The couples or, or people who did the emotional work to complete the process of their divorce always, always had much better second marriages and life partnerships. Uh, in fact, the the benefit of it's almost like the first marriage was their way of breaking down their um, unrealistic fantasies and getting at their unresolved internal traumas so that they could lay the groundwork for the second marriage. Yeah, <laughs> the wants, one that sticks that we hope the one that sticks, right? Yeah, the one that sticks. Nobody <laughs> wants to think of the first marriage as that. But, you know, if that's what it has to be, so be it. Right, the training marriage, like those, the, the start. Wasn't there a film, the starter marriage? 
I don't. Re- I everybody uses that phrase. I didn't want to use it because I didn't want to be dismissive of first marriages. But yeah, the starter marriage. <laughs> yeah, that. Well, but then we have stories like you and I shared when you were on the the show before of the couple that has been married for sixty eight years, and finds themselves still in love and best friends and wouldn't want to be anywhere else. So you know this this appeals to the romantic in all of us. And I that I think does exist because at the end of the day we are we are hopeful as a species yeah uh and but that's an interesting phenomenon those those marriages that have been together for 68 years by the way that flies in the face of one of the fundamental precepts of the conscious uncoupling work i mean i i don't know if you've read the book but one of the points that that she puts in the uh, introduction is this idea that because we're living so long now um, we're likely to go through multiple relationships. I don't think she's saying that everybody must go through multiple marriages, but that it's very likely. And so um, we need to adjust our lens and not necessarily look at breakups as a bad thing, but just as a as a inevitable growing process. And then, I mean, and that's a lovely way to look at it because it's true. Divorces do happen. You know, the percentages you mentioned at the beginning is somewhere near 50%. It does happen. On the other hand, there are these relationships that manage to last a lifetime and and they can work really well. And what I'm curious about, what I always love to explore on my show is what is that? What what is it that gets people to that lifelong place? And uh, I recently interviewed Dr. Helen Fisher about this, you know. You, you like her? <laughs> Love her. She's been on the show several times. She is awesome. Isn't she the best? She is. She I, is. She's the most fun human to talk to. She's so smart. She's done so much amazing research. And I got to uh, visit her in her home in New York, a yeah, beautiful house, and uh, sat with her in her library and talked about her research. And the the thing that she pointed to that was the most interesting to me is that when they put people who've been in love for the long term inside a brain scan and look at what's happening to their brain when they're thinking about their partner, the part of the brain that remembers uh, negative memories is actually diminished. And her mm. conclusion is that one of the fundamental skills, and I, I love having seen this on the biological side because I've seen it over and over on the anecdotal side. Uh, one of the fundamental skills of being in a long-term relationship is actively forgetting the bad stuff. And that's yeah. so important to me because the bad stuff is inevitable. You cannot escape it. You will piss off your partner and you will act like a jerk <laughs> yourself. You cannot avoid this. <laughs> this yes. is one of the truths of being human. But you've got to actively forget it. Yeah. And um, some people have that naturally, but some of us have to work at it. I'm one of the people who has to work at it. Um, and I got to tell you, when I do it, everything works out so much better. And then the history um, with my partner, we've been together five years now and we have some blowout fights and they're painful. And I always ask myself, what am I doing here? And then as soon as we get over it, <laughs> as soon as we get over it and I let the pain go and um, – and I think back on the on the entire sweeping arc of our relationship, the 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 suffering of the pain actually adds depth to who we are as a couple, you know. And there's no other way to get that history except for the time and the challenges, yeah. and then letting go of the memory of the pain. Well, it's kind of like childbirth, right? You know, like it's painful. It's it's not fun to give birth to a child and relationships are in a sense incubating this very precious spirit or soul which is that that which you create with your partner and it's not always going to be fun or easy, you know, but then we have oxytocin, you know, we have the and dopamine, we have those hormones that get released when we're in love that light up our brains that Helen Fisher is talking about that is delicious, the juice of life. Yeah. Ah, that's such a nice, that is a really lovely way to think about it. Like childbirth, it really is. You're birthing yeah. this, this third entity called the relationship, which us. is, which is us. Yeah. And it's greater than the sum of the parts by definition. Yeah. Oh, Eric Newton, will you please come back and visit us again? Yes, absolutely. This is such a pleasure to be with you. Likewise, even though we're talking about 
you know, raising the bar on divorce and about the demise of relationships, maybe really the message here is about the eternal hopefulness of love and connection and belonging. Yeah, the the eternal hopefulness of experience, you know, the inevitable bumping up against limits and challenges, which do feel painful, but are not terminal. You know, that's, no. that's the essence of life. And moving through it with, with that knowledge gives us so much peace. To learn more about Eric Newton and his work, please visit www.togetherguide.com on Twitter at together underscore show, as well as at Newton Law and on Facebook, Together Show. And that podcast is Together Show, available where every fine podcast can be found on the internet. (laughs) Eric, thank you so much. (laughs) Thanks, Lisa. It's great to be here. Great to be with you. Here come the tunes. We'll be right back. We're going to need to take that quick break. But before we do, I want to talk with you about the precious real estate that is the shelf space in your bathroom. And that's why I'm excited to introduce you to a line of beauty products that are better at multitasking than you are. Kopari. These products will moisturize your skin and hair and smell great, too, without any sulfates, silicones, GMOs, and parabens. Kopari products are made with 100% organic coconut oil. Kopari makes great products like coconut sheer oil, which is light and perfect as a facial moisturizer, a coconut balm for intense soothing and smoothing of dry skin, a coconut crush scrub that will buff you beautiful, a coconut body glow that gives a natural all-over shimmer, and of course, their original coconut melt. Personally, I'm a huge fan of Kopari's Luscious Lip Love Balm and Coconut Body Oil that I've been using as a hair conditioning treatment. I love the way their products smell, feel, and hydrate my skin from head to toe. Kopari is beauty in a nutshell and makes me feel like I'm on a little tropical staycation with each application. So say aloha to the best skin and hair of your life with Kopari. Go to koparibeauty.com slash Harvesting for 20% off your order. Once again, that's koparibeauty.com slash harvesting for 20% off. Here come the tunes. We'll be right back. Nothing gives happiness like a free gift. Unwrap your present by signing up for Happiness Headlines, our monthly e-zine at harvestinghappiness.com. Stay tuned for more after the break. One thing I know for certain... Happiness waits for no one, and sometimes we all need support. We all have the freedom to be happy or the liberty to be miserable each day, regardless of external circumstance. Sure, things will inevitably happen in our lives that are out of our control. There is only ever one thing that is totally within our control, ourselves. When we have command of ourselves, we are better prepared to handle life and bounce back more quickly when challenges arise. Whether you see the glass as half empty or half full, the glass has the capacity to hold more. You have the capacity to be happier. The tool to harvesting your happiness is within your grasp. Are we happy yet? Eight Keys to Unlocking a Joyful Life is available at Barnes & Noble, Amazon, IndieBound, and HarvestingHappiness.com. Each day we get to choose how we are going to show up for life. And at times we need tips for strengthening our well-being. Learn training strategies for greater emotional fitness and improved mental muscle tone at HarvestingHappiness.com. Welcome back to Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio. If you're just joining us now, we're continuing the conversation on raising the bar on divorce and conscious uncoupling. If you're just joining us now, I urge you to download and share this podcast. Why? Because sharing is caring. It's kind, it's free, it's legal, it's available 24-7. My next guest is the author of The Optimist Guide to Divorce, How to Get Through Your Breakup and Create a New Life You Love. Author Jill Sockwell is a former advertising copywriter, top real estate sales agent, leader of the Maplewood Divorce Club, and a lifelong optimist. She lives in Maplewood, New Jersey with her two children. Welcome, Jill. Thanks for joining us on Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio. Thank you for having me. It's great to be here. Oh, it's great to have you. First of all, let's talk about the Maplewood Divorce Club. We're talking about Maplewood, New Jersey. Mm-hmm. How well, did you start? The club. Well, we started the club in March of 2012. 
And what we really wanted to do was kind of take the support that Suzanne, the co-author, and I had found in each other and kind of magnify that to see like if we already got so much out of our relationship with being friends, going through the divorce, then what if we really opened this up and kind of spread the word in our community and got more women, would that really, you know, really, I guess, increase the support and the experience by tenfold? And so at our first meeting, we actually had 50 women show up. Wow. Which is, I mean, we couldn't believe it. We were so thrilled. And really, it was very surprising because I think many, many women and men as well, when you're going through a divorce, it just feels so isolating and you tend to think, am I the only one like surrounded by all of these happy people? You tend to notice the baby carriages and couples holding hands, you know, that's going through this. And then for us to see all of those women show up, it was just like, wow, like we've all been here all along, just kind of in the shadows. And now we can band together and support one another. So the, the Maplewood Divorce Club really started out in a positive light, taking something that's very difficult for all of us who have been through it and trying to put it in its best light. And I'm assuming that um, almost five years later that the, that the club has grown and has grown into a book as a result. Yes. So the club continued to grow. And what we found um, was really helpful was having consistent meetings. And also we have an online presence. So on Facebook, what we did was we formed a secret group or a closed group so that the women, I mean, everyone's juggling for the most part, being a single mom with working. So sometimes our schedules don't always line up for when we can get together or attend meetings. So what we do is we have the online component where anyone at any time, day or night, could um, either say that they have something they need help with or say, hey, I have a free night tomorrow. Is anyone available to go out to dinner or to the movies? So it was another way for us to offer up community, but where you never had to even leave your house. You know, you could get support, you could get advice, or you could find someone to make plans with. And this really speaks to a very important point about how we heal. You know, the need for community, the need for connection, the need for fellowship, that when we have someone to talk to, to hear our stories and not necessarily fix anything, because maybe at that moment there's nothing to fix, but that idea that we can go to somebody and be heard and understood. This is part of the, the medicine, no? I think so. I think 100% because when you hear, you know, someone who kind of when they're speaking, they're echoing your own experience. I think that that is comforting, but I also think you can learn a lot from them. And that's what we certainly found in the group is you know, we're learning from each other, but we're also feeling heard, understood, and that, and that what we're going through is okay. You know, we're not the only one struggling. And that in and of itself, that kind of group experience is very healing, very therapeutic. Let's talk about the, what I'm, I'm doing the air quotes as I'm speaking with you, the good divorce, because <laughs> I think we can all agree that most of us do not have good divorces, that, you know, divorces, it's nasty, it's unpleasant, it's not what we want or what we've planned for for ourselves or our children. And yet there's a better way to handle the process. Right. I mean, I don't think there is any such thing, you know, as a good divorce, but I think there's a way to take something that's challenging for everyone involved and make it better. And I think one of the things that really helps a person do that is having a good attitude. I mean, I think it's easy to get caught up in negative cycles and behavior patterns when you're going through the divorce, you know, whether you're just complaining a lot or throwing yourself a pity party or really giving up on self-care. Those are all easy easy things to fall into for everyone. So what we wanted to do was really make it, I think, more accessible for women to stay on the positive path, to look for the good, to listen for the good, to not assume that their ex is going to show up in a negative way and rather just see, like, how is he showing up this day? We give them tools for talking to him um, to try to alleviate some of the tensions and some of the triggers that would cause people to have fights and just have a more positive experience in that aspect we always encourage them to have a self-care component as well, even though you might not think like, oh, I'm really struggling with this. This is not the time I want to get up early and exercise or eat right. I'd rather eat chips and sleep in. We give them all of the reasons and, and really some tips and tools to um, take on self-care as well so that you, you're having everything kind of go in a more positive direction, which I think if you can keep 
your emotions more positive and the actual um, experiences of interacting with your ex during the divorce process, at least neutral to positive, you're going to have that quote unquote good divorce. Well, what attracted me to invite you on the show is the title of the book, The Optimist Guide to Divorce, How to Get Through Your Breakup and Create a New Life You Love. You know, it's the optimism part that I think that is so important. The relationship to the issue becomes the issue. While we may not be happy about the end of our marriages, and in some cases we are ecstatic, it's like good riddance, but the idea that we can look forward to a life that is um, happy, that we can find and or create and find a life of meaning beyond the relationship once it's ended. Um, let's talk about the, the three parts of the book because it's so cute sure. the way you've got it. You've got it set up. Deal, Thank you. Deal, heal, and reveal. <laughs> well, what we really wanted to do um, was write a how-to, you know, for divorce, you know, with a positive, upbeat attitude but also keeping it very practical and having all the advice in there, you know, insights and and tips from women who have been there. But the way we structured it was we wanted it to be easy for women to jump in wherever they were in the process. You know, what we see is that divorce filings go up in January by almost a third. So it's, you know, very uh, serendipitous that the book is coming out this month. But so the way the book is structured is whether you're just thinking about, you know, having the conversation with your husband whether you have just heard the news um, yourself or you're already separated or you're already maybe divorced but struggling and feeling a little bit stuck, what we did was we divided it up into three sections. So deal focuses on what readers need to know right away, like how to have the talk with your ex, even how to talk to your kids. There's a whole chapter on that, chapter two, how to take on the finances, making a budget, like um, the assets, where you're going to live, and even tips on picking a lawyer because You know, for a lot of us, we had never hired a lawyer before. So what to look for, what questions to ask. The second section of the book is Heal, which really helps readers with the emotional journey and focuses on, you know, the things that they need to kind of work through, whether it be anger, jealousy, sadness, and then kind of take a look at, you know, their patterns in the past, their past relationships, and um, work on developing an action plan really for their new life. And then the third section of the book is reveal. And that really kind of helps them celebrate the hard work they've done, that they're a stronger version of themselves than they were when they started. And it gives them ideas for how to take on socializing again, because that can be a little bit tricky when you're used to kind of going out in the world with this person on your arm. It does feel different to go to school events. Maybe whenever you're going to be showing up, you know, on your own and maybe your ex is going to be there maybe with someone else um, to going to the Christmas party you went to every year or your cousin's wedding when you're feeling sad and maybe it's really hard for you to go out and see other people in love. We cover all of that in the book and then we even get to the part where maybe you're ready to date again. So we go into giving them tips on online dating, how to be safe and how to make it fun and how to avoid maybe some of the patterns you've been in the past and really take a look at the type of person you're looking for now and the type of relationship you'd like to find yourself in. And then the very last chapter of the book is how to create your own community, where we delve into giving women um, the guidelines that we have for creating our club. And we give them all sorts of information from kind of missteps to avoid some things that we you know, experience that you know, we can kind of put in there for them so that they can watch out for that. And just give them a whole bunch of tips so that they can really lay the groundwork for building their own community and and finding that support locally for themselves. We're going to go to a break. But before we do, I just wanted you to um, tell us how you connected with Suzanne Riss, who's your co-author of the book, The Optimist Guide to Divorce. How did you and Suzanne come to be together? Well, one of the things that's very interesting is, you know, we were both, again, with two women in the same town going through the same thing. We were both separated at that time, but we didn't know each other. And we were introduced by a mutual friend who kind of said, hey, you know what? You should meet my friend Suzanne. And to Suzanne, you should meet Jill because you guys are both going through the same thing. I think it'd be really helpful. And so what Suzanne has said in the past was for her, it was such a relief to meet me because I was a few months ahead of her in the process. I already had moved out, I already had an apartment, and it gave her a sense of hope to say, hey, this is someone who's going through the same thing with the same challenges, and look, like, it's okay, she's okay, she's making it work. So, you know, for us, we really just hit it off, and we started, like, getting together every week to go for these long walk and talks, and from there, that's where really the idea for the club grew, and then from the club, the idea for the book. 
Beautiful. This is I, I, I love when connections come together in this way and really prove to be, you know, fruitful and mutually beneficial to to both people. That is the idea that, you know, together we raise all ships that, you know, when we do connect, we can be stronger and more powerful and more insightful with one another than when we are separated and disconnected, which can happen in, in divorce. Certainly we, we withdraw and we, we can isolate. So this is fantastic that you um, provide this resource for women and men, I dare say, can, can benefit from this. I, I have a friend, a young man who's in his mid-40s who's going through a divorce and have, he's having a terribly hard time. We're going to go to a break and when we come back, we'll carry on the conversation with Jill Sockwell, the co-author of The Optimist Guide to Divorce, How to Get Through Your Breakup and Create a New Life You Love. To connect with Jill and Suzanne, please do so at the, on their website at www.optimistguidetodivorce.com. On Twitter, the, the handle is at Jill Sockwell. And on Facebook, the page is Optimist Guide to Divorce. Here come the tunes. We'll be right back. And that is a promise. Who says money can't buy happiness? Check out Lisa's new book, Are We Happy Yet? Eight Keys to Unlocking a Joyful Life and other fun, fashionable, and inspiring items at shophappy at harvestinghappiness.com. We'll be right back after this quick break. Do you find yourself saying things like, I'll be happy when, or I'll be happy if? Does the finish line for happiness keep moving? Does the bar keep getting higher? What's getting in the way of your happiness right now? Too much going on? Working too much? Not working enough? Having too many responsibilities? Not having enough money, enough time, enough space? The list goes on and on. It becomes difficult to see all that we have if we focus on scarcity. One thing I know for certain, happiness waits for no one. And sometimes we all need support. Are We Happy Yet? is not another self-help book. It's a guidebook for learning how to harvest happiness through self-mastery, which is the key ingredient into building resilience, hardiness, grit, and emotional stability. Are We Happy Yet? Eight Keys to Unlocking a Joyful Life is available at Barnes & Noble, Amazon, IndieBound, and HarvestingHappiness.com. Each day we get to choose how we are going to show up for life. And at times, we need tips for strengthening our well-being. Learn training strategies for greater emotional fitness and improved mental muscle tone at HarvestingHappiness.com. Welcome back to Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio. If you're just joining us now, I urge you to download and share this podcast because it's kind, it's free, it's legal, and you really may help somebody who's going through a breakup. Because we're talking about the Optimist Guide to Divorce, How to Get Through Your Breakup and Create a New Life You Love with co-author Jill Sockwell. And this was also written by... By uh, co-authored by Suzanne Riss. So Jill, prior to the break, we were talking about the three parts to the book, the deal, heal, and reveal of the situation, of the breakup. But during the break, we were talking about how you became interested in writing the book, writing the handbook. So talk a little bit about that. Sure. Um, whenever I was first separated in uh, the very end of 2010, and really the beginning of 2011, um, I love to read, so my natural inclination was to kind of read my way, you know, through the separation and learn from all of the women. Like 1.5 million women, approximately every year, get divorced in the United States. So I only assumed, of course, there would be endless books about the subject. And what I was surprised to find was there really wasn't quite something um, that seemed just what I was looking for. I mean, everyone has read the famous memoirs where women have gone around the world to find themselves. And and there were plenty of clinical books written by field experts, like lawyers and therapists. But, you know, really what, what I was looking for was something that kind of combined both of those two that had the entertainment aspect and that was warm and insightful, but also had practical advice, you know, from women who have been there and, I was surprised that that didn't exist. And so even then I thought, what a missing, you know, like what a major missing in this, in this marketplace. And as my own separation and divorce process went on, as I formed the group, I just kept thinking, you know, as more women would just say to me, like, you don't know like how much this means to me. Like this is, this is life changing to have this group and to have these friendships and this support. 
I just kept thinking like the, the little idea in the back of my head to really take this book, uh, the idea and, and make it into a book because it just, it seemed like something that needed to happen. And I knew it would be therapeutic to write it. And I thought it'd be something that, you know, would benefit everyone coming behind me in the divorce process. Prior to the break, I had mentioned that I have a friend who's in his mid-40s, a guy, who is going through this very thing. And it's really interesting to hear it from a man's perspective, because he's going through all of the same things that you're talking about Mm -hmm. in the the book. You know, he is, they don't have children, so that is one area that is um, not an area of contention. But everything else, you know, and the emotional chaos that he is going through, I am going to uh, give him a copy of this book because I think he'll have a good chuckle, but he'll, he'll settle down and he'll read it and he'll get some great wisdom from it. So, yes, it, it was geared towards women, but I think you can help men as well. I think so, too. I've had a couple people reach out to me and say, you know, hi, I'm a guy, like, can I read the book? And I'm like, of course you can. I think it would help anyone. Um, but at the same time, I think I think sometimes divorce, and we've seen statistics that support this, I think divorce is sometimes more challenging for men because they don't have usually the, the strong kind of built-in social network that encourages the sharing and talking things through that has just become very natural to women. Um, but we actually did have a group... Um, of men form an offshoot group of our club for men um, in a neighboring town in Milburn, New Jersey, and they call it the First Husbands Club. Oh, how cute. Uh, yeah, know, I, so we gave them the guidelines, and, you know, and they, they, they're off and running. So they're, they're doing their thing. I think it's important to note that, that um, research shows that men fare better financially. They bounce back better financially after divorce, but um, they may not emotionally. They may find a bed warmer or a quick replacement. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they, they just may. They they may. <laughs> and women, we seem to take a little bit longer before we jump in again. Yeah, I think a lot of it comes down to each person's own kind of process. I think the, it tends to be the most challenging for women who feel they're blindsided. And I'm sure that it would apply to men as well, meaning their life is going along just as they think it's supposed to. And out of the blue, one day they get the news or they discover, unfortunately, their husband is having an affair. And that kind of feels like the rug is being pulled out from under you. And you're starting at square one with the emotional process of getting through this and then getting over it. Whereas I feel like women who perhaps have made the choice either through years of working up working on the relationship and it's not panning out or just kind of things in the background, bubbling up, bubbling up whenever they have kind of worked it out in their brain that they're going to file. They're kind of already at a midway point, you know, as far as the getting over it emotionally, like they, they've decided to do it. They've worked through kind of the aspects of how to make it happen. And they're a little bit farther along on the emotional journey to recovery. I think that's a great point that for the women out there who have been proactive and they are the ones that have taken the steps to end the marriage, that much of the grieving has been accomplished towards the end of the relationship, which it might even be several years. So by the time they do end, you know, like that the, the end really is there, they feel liberated and then they're able to, to, to move on. So I think that's a really, really good point. Um, conversely, those who have been blindsided by the, um, the divorce, whether it's been just filed and served upon somebody, and I've heard of stories like that where someone would yes. thought that everything was fine and then they received this package, they're served. And they just don't understand. That's hard. Right. I mean, it's kind of like literally like your world has been turned upside down. And one of the things we did with the different characters in the book. So there's Suzanne and I, as well as a group of 10 girlfriends, is we really kind of cover all of the different nuances of the different relationships and how either if it's you have decided to file and why or you have either heard that news from your ex or discovered the evidence of an affair and then we we kind of follow their journeys in the book through the process and different tips um, around what what situation the reader might find themselves in, how to make it easier. Oftentimes people will ask me, you know, when should I leave? Things aren't good, but when should I leave? And in the book, 
Um, there is a very short list that I would love to read unless you've got a copy. It's, it might be time to go when on page 11. Um, this checklist is, is really good, really basic. Um, what you write is, it might be time to go when the bad times outweigh the good. There is no lasting conflict resolution. You have the same fight again and again. You've tried living for other things besides your relationship, and that didn't work. Your kids are exposed to a lot of conflict. Your kids are seeing you, their role model, being mistreated, devalued, or disrespected. You worry that they will seek out this type of relationship when they grow up. Loving each other has taken a backseat to finding fault, resenting each other, and the biggest romance killer of all, expressing contempt. You realize you can't accept things as they are, and nothing you have done to improve things has worked. You have become hopeless and depressed about the relationship. You are scared for your safety. This is a big one. And you are being lied to. He or she, in this case, has a secret life. I think this is excellent. I mean, these are the kinds of of tips and strategies and what to look out for that you provide in the Optimist Guide to Divorce. I mean, and it's really hard, of course, because every situation is different. But we wanted to give people, you know, kind of general things that they could think about if they are reading this and maybe they're on the fence. We certainly yeah. don't want to glamorize divorce and we're, we're not pro-divorce. We're pro-love. You know, but if someone has decided to go through the divorce and or, you know, they have been someone, their relationship partner has filed for divorce, you know, we're just glad that we're here to help them through the process with the book and the template for the divorce group in the last chapter, honestly, it really could be like a game changer for them to find local support and friendship. And what Suzanne and I have found as well is, you know, we, our divorces are three years behind us now, but we still have the group and the group is those women and those relationships have actually formed the foundation for our new lives as single mothers. Yes. Something that's still valuable. It's invaluable actually. Oh my goodness. Yeah, I, I, I completely get it. Well, I went through my own divorce. I went through my separation in 2009 and divorce in 2012. And um, it is those relationships and connections that I made after that big life change that have helped me stand tall, that have supported me in the work that I do with Harvesting Happiness. And and continue on to have a very successful, healthy relationship subsequently. Yeah, I mean, the benefits of the group far outweighed the small effort that it was to start it. And that's what I think is important for women to know. Because, of course, when you're just separated, I think taking on any anything extra, whether it be PTA president or a job promotion, would would seem daunting. And so starting a group, I can see how a lot of women will think like, oh, I don't know, I can't do that. But just that's one of the points we make in the last chapter is actually you can and trust us, you'll be glad you did. Even if yes. it's just your group is five people, your, your group doesn't have to be 100 people. Your group could be 10. And just having a consistent get together with them. And again, if it's just the secret Facebook group where you can always be in contact with one another saying, hey, this just happened. What do you guys think? Or I'm feeling like I want to do this. What do you think? You know, so you can give each other that support and the friendship and the advice. It really just, it makes all the difference. I I agree. And I love the idea that you can create your own community, that listeners can go and visit um, the Optimist Guide to Divorce.com and find out how to form your own group, how to stay connected to the authors, Suzanne Riss and Jill Sockwell. Um, we are nearly out of time, Jill, and you have provided such a heartwarming you know, peek into the book, The Optimist Guide to Divorce, How to Get Through Your Breakup and Create a New Life You Love. Thanks for being with us. I want to give your contact information once again. Um, (coughs) Excuse me. To learn more, please visit OptimistGuideToDivorce.com. On Twitter, you can reach Jill at Jill Sockwell. And on Facebook, that page is Optimist Guide to Divorce. So no matter where you are in your process, whether you are happily connected and engaged or you find that you are on the verge or in the middle of transition, relationship, connection, intimacy, fellowship, community, leaning into and um, leaning on one another is what makes us ultimately happy people and the best people that we can be. And if you're gun shy, if you're newly single, 
it's important to connect, find friendship, find camaraderie, and uh, find a way of being in the world that gives some joy and some meaning. We have flown through another hour of purpose-driven media designed to inspire you, our listeners, to create more joy in your lives and within your communities. And here are a few thoughts before we part. Happiness is not a destination. It cannot be bought, sold, or traded. Happiness will never invite you to the party. It simply comes down to a choice to show up each and every day in the world with passion, purpose, place, and meaning. Thanks for joining us on Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio. This is Lisa Cypress-Kamen and my guests today, Jill Sockwell and Eric Newton, wishing you kind thoughts, kinder words, and the kindest of actions. Until next time, remember, happiness is an inside job. Happiness is your inside job. Go out and rock your day. Thanks for joining us on Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio with Lisa Cypress-Kamen. Join us each and every Wednesday for a brand new episode of consciously curated talk radio from the heart. Keep harvesting your own happiness anytime from the comfort of wherever you are with hundreds of free downloadable podcasts from our libraries on Toginet, iTunes, and SoundCloud. In a complicated world seemingly driven by nonstop negative news, Lisa's mission is to celebrate the upside of life and seek the silver lining of our challenges by transforming them into uplifting growth opportunities for all. To learn more about Lisa's global consulting services, please visit HarvestingHappiness.com. Spread more joy by liking us on Facebook at Harvesting Happiness and following Lisa on Twitter at Lisa Kamen. Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio is produced in collaboration with Toginet Radio, KBUU, RadioMalibu.net, and is available on PRX, the public radio exchange.